Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm sitting down with the one and only Jamie Woolley. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, RJ. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, this time I think I'm going to try to actually record you uh, while we talk. <laughs> we, we tried this a couple months ago and I had some technical difficulties. So we're, we're going to try to get all that good content you're going to give us out there to the masses today. That would be awesome. I mean, you know, I, I shared some amazing secrets and I've thought about it since then. And I don't know that it was that good of an idea. So, yeah, I, I, you should have recorded that first one. <laughs> All right. So why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and, and tell everybody what you do in real estate? Yeah. So uh, my name is Jamie Woolley. Uh, like RJ said, I live in Wiley, Texas, which is, uh, you know, a few about 20 miles outside of Dallas. I grew up in a small town of Kaufman, Texas, about 45 miles southeast of Dallas. And I have a company, W Streets, which uh, we primarily wholesale. We do fix and flips, renovations, as well as do some buy and hold investments. I have been uh, in the business since February of 2016. So this is my two-year anniversary at W Streets. And I am nothing short of obsessed with real estate and all of its facets and um, it's it's the most exciting thing every day to wake up and get to do what I love and uh, you know I'm, I'm just blessed so it's a little bit about me and the business so you've been in this business for for two years congratulations on your anniversary I didn't know it was your two-year anniversary that's pretty cool um, so two years it is. yeah how many deals did you wholesale last year we did a hundred and in two deals last year. That's incredible. So uh, in, in basically your second year and being in business and being able to do 102 deals, how were you able to accomplish that? I mean, that's that's not something that, that commonly happens. What do you credit your ability to be able to wholesale 100 houses like that in your second year? Being obsessed. <laughs> my, it, I mean, basically, my why was very, very strong. Um, you know, I've, I've always been very independent. And I uh, had a little blessing, which is my daughter that I loved so much when I was younger. And so therefore, you know, we were young and didn't have a lot of money. And so I did stay home with her the first four years and did try to kind of do something on my own uh, golf marketing company. And it just, I, I didn't know anything about anything when I was doing it. I was making money, but definitely not enough money to do things that I had envisioned, you know, um, for years about what I wanted in the future and, you know, just various things like that. And so I ended up going to work for my father and uh, just to work there for like a year to kind of figure out where I wanted to go next steps. And I'm such a daddy's girl and I just saw some things that could be done better. And I saw some people slacking off and I thought, well, I can change a few of these things and slowly but surely going from just, you know, going to answer the phones and do some dispatching, ended up doing the office management and payroll and, you know, bringing girls on and letting girls go and training. And so uh, I stayed there for eight years and I just realized I'm like, no way I'm going to be sitting behind a desk for the rest of my life and, and relying on hopefully my husband does well in his business and we can retire when we need to. And, 
you know, things like that. So I really just wanted to, to rely on myself and know that no matter what happened in the future, uh, which I hope everything's perfect and my life is just a, a perfect <laughs> little yellow brick road, but th things happen, right? And so I just wanted to make sure that I was good and that I could live a really good, happy life and make sure my daughter has everything she needed and not hope that, you know, my husband has a successful business and continues to do well. So my why really was waking up just wanting to make sure that, that I was good, my daughter was good, and all the dreams and aspirations I have in the future, which, which entails a lot of like giving back and encouraging. And I just wanted to be free to do that. And unfortunately in this day and age without money, we can't just go give and do and all the things like that. I mean, I do have a child, so I have to provide for her. I can't just go do missions in Africa or something like that. So I wanted to just make sure that I can do those amazing things that I really want to do later on. And I wanted to do it quickly. I was like, man, I'm already, what at that time, I'm 34 now. So at that time I was 32. I mean, I'm, I'm 32. Like I've got to get on this, you know? So yeah, just, just driven, I would say. So how did you get started? What, obviously you started with wholesaling. Um, how did you No, get I actually didn't start with wholesaling. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. What'd you start with? So, um, you know, when, when I decided I wanted to do something different, the only thing I could think of that I would enjoy doing was renovating houses. My husband and I, again, I told you we were young. Our first house we got was, you know, an old, old home that we got for a good deal in his hometown of Stephenville. And we renovated the entire home ourselves. So we lived with his parents for six months and, uh, he and I did, you know, the sweat equity. And, and, uh, so I learned a lot about renovating properties. I enjoyed it. I loved turning something that was old and not really, you know, uh, good looking anymore to something that I was so proud of and enjoyed, you know, being in that space all the time. And of course the HGTV shows are everywhere. And so I was obsessed and watched those all the time. And I thought, well, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, I gave my dad a four month notice. I had no support. They're like, no, real estate's probably not good. It can go up and down. And I said, I'm doing it. It's what I want to do. So I just jumped in and I got my real estate license at night while I was still working for my father. And I told Ed, everybody I knew, I'm going to start flipping houses. Like that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, one of the guys that worked for my father's company as a, a technician said that he and his brother had inherited a house, um, about three years prior and they were really behind on taxes and were looking at losing it. Well, I was still of course, super new. I mean, I had no direction at all, just anything I'd read from getting my real estate license. And so I ran comps and gave him an offer. He accepted it. Um, I found a crew that would come and renovate the house. I picked everything out and I ended up making $30,000 and that was my very first flip. And of course, after that, I was hook, line and sinker, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what led to wholesaling was I, I didn't know how to market, how to get deals. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I was still so new to it that, you know, everything was overwhelming. The first renovation project was very overwhelming at the time for me. And, um, so I found on Craigslist, I was door knocking, I was calling on Craigslist, um, just kind of doing anything I knew of without learning anything, you know, how to, how to get a house, you know, and there was a woman out of state that sold her house to me in McKinney. I put the house under contract and I'm not sure how he found out, but uh, the cash buyer, a gentleman, found out that I, I had the house and called me and said, I'll give you, um, I don't remember, I'd say 120000 I got it for eighty or something like that. Anyways, it was a $40,000 assignment fee. And I didn't know what that was at the time and started talking to some people. I'd finally gone to a few meetups at that point. 
And they said, well, that's wholesaling a house and you can do an assignment agreement. So I stumbled my way through my first rehab and totally fell, you know, face first on what a wholesale deal was in probably a, a good but bad way because then I thought, well, man, you can make thirty or $50,000 assigning these houses and not touching them. This is great. Um, so that's how I found out about wholesaling, honestly, was just by accident. And then I was really intrigued and, and started learning about it. That's hilarious. I You had not told me that story about the first wholesale. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say this. I, I think you're one of the nicest people in real estate investing, and, and I'll share a story later on why I feel that way. But I, it's not luck. It, it's like it's karma or, or just you put it out there. So these situations that have happened to you, uh, I, I just think it's like the universe bringing things back to you in, in, in good fashion. So um, I think that's hilarious that you kind of stumbled into the wholesale uh, deal. Uh, I, I've never, I've wholesaled hundreds of houses. I've never once had someone come to me without me marketing it to them or something like that and finding me and saying, hey, I want to buy the house. Uh, that is that is unbelievable. And I don't think it's very common. Um, so after that happened, how did W Streets become a business? How did you go from, you know, finding your way? What did you do to create a, an a actual legitimate business? Yeah. So, I mean, after that, I just knew like, you know, I, I saw uh, the vision that like this could be more than just one flip every four months or one or two wholesale deals every few months. Like I can really make a lot of money, but I don't really know how to do any of this. Like I'm just falling, you know, and figuring it out on the, on the, along the way. So that's when I got heavily into online and, you know, uh, Facebook groups and bigger pockets and, you know, every, everything that you can think of when you type in, you know, these things on, on Google as far as flipping houses or wholesaling and, and just really got engulfed in all of it and found a coaching program and joined that coaching program that taught you like how to wholesale your first deal and basically walked you through, you know, all of the steps in order to how to wholesale your first deal. Um, so I went through that coaching program. I literally followed it step by step. I mean, to this day, I probably only know 5% of anything real estate, but, but I know that 5% well, and I'm really trying hard to learn the other 95%. So I, I'm not someone that knows it all or even much, but if somebody that I respect or that has done it comes before me, I will follow it without a fault because I don't want to think that I know better. And so I literally every day just, they said, do this day one, do this day two. And, and I did, and I didn't deviate from it. And so once I kind of started getting a little traction going and a few deals were coming in on a consistent basis and I thought, well, this is great, but I mean, I'm going to be grinding every day and, and I can grind with the best of them, but that wasn't what I wanted for the rest of my life. You know, I wanted to to, to spend time with my daughter and to give back and do all kinds of stuff. And so I got into a mastermind group to where, you know, the two, um, you know, mentors that were in the mastermind group were doing, you know, 200 deals a year. And I thought, well, if, if they can do it and they're going to show me exactly how to do it, I figured out how to do the wholesaling. Now I need to figure out how to create the business. And so basically I just, I, you know, found mentors and coaches I'm a, a big, I really think people, if they really do want to create a business and want to be serious about it, you can learn on your own, no doubt. But I took what these people gave me that have been in my life. And, and those are, those are things I paid for. I've had many mentors along the way. RJ, you're definitely one of them um, that have been so gracious to help me and answer questions and, 
it's like so amazing that people are willing to do those things, you know, for free. Um, but I just took it and, and ran with it. And, you know, I just, I keep doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm now in two new masterminds. Um, and I just, I'm always trying to meet people that are doing things that are willing to share with me some of the things they're doing so I can implement those and, you know, just try to take it to the next level. So let's go back to the coaching program that kind of got you started. What was the, that program that you joined? So the very first program that I joined was Wholesaling Inc. And uh, that's with Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffine. And, um, so I joined that one in, um, in 2016 is when I joined that program. And then I'd say six or eight months later, maybe six months later, I joined seven figure flipping with Andy McFarlane and Justin Williams. Gotcha. And, you know, I, I think it's important that there's a difference between a coaching program and a mastermind Yes. between those two. What did you have to learn from going from the coaching program before you joined that high level mastermind? The basic, the basic things, you know, what, what is an assignment agreement? What is a purchase contract? How are you uh, assigning your, uh, you know, vested interest with the contract over to the end buyer, having a buyer's list, um, you know, your basic stuff, how to run comps how to, you know, evaluate things, how to market for a deal. I mean, that's the hardest thing we all deal with is finding deals. So how to find those deals. And once you find them, how do, you know, how, how are you going to uh, sell them? Are you going to, you know, buy it? Are you going to hold it? Are you going to flip it? Are you going to wholesale it? Um, so all those basic, you know, things that you need to know in our business, the lingo, you know, when somebody says a KPI, mm -hmm. well, what's a KPI, a key performance indicator, what's an acquisitions person? Well, it's a salesperson that goes out to the house. So, you know, your basic stuff, just like if you're an agent and you're going to get your real estate license, you may have three or four friends that are real estate agents and you, you hang out with them and you eat lunch with them and you hear about their business and you think, well, that's pretty easy. I mean, they just go to a house and put some pictures up online and throw a price on it. We'll know there's a whole, you know, a whole program and a whole class that you have to take to be able to get your license. There's a reason for it because there's a lot of stuff in the middle, of those basic things. So that coaching program, the first one was the basic things that I needed to know to understand, uh, you know, what wholesaling was and how to get a deal, et cetera. Right. It's like the education programs are the way to create a business and then the masterminds are how you can grow the business. And Definitely. There's a, there's a huge difference between that. Um, you know, you and I are actually now going to be a part of, I think three masterminds together. And, and what's yeah. funny about that is, is because you and I are both kind of obsessed with ways that we can grow our business. We're definitely, we're the same age. We're, we're in the same market, but, we don't really compete against each other, but it's really important for us to grow our business. We have similar whys on what we want to do. And so at this point in time, we've created our businesses, but now we're obsessed with how can we grow it and how can we create a business that we aren't a part of 24 seven, you know, create those systems. And that's what masterminds really help with. I think sometimes people, undervalue what a mastermind can really bring to your business and it can really be a game changer for you. Um, so that being said, you, you join the mastermind and now you're learning things. 
how did you grow your business to a hundred deals? What, what kind of marketing did you do to get to that level? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it just started gradually. I mean, in the beginning I started, like, I think a lot of people do by, you know, again, that door knocking Craigslist, things like that. The hustle don't have a lot of money mentality, but got to make it happen. After that, once I got that, you know, first wholesale deal, I, I had a little money. In fact, pretty much what I would make in an entire year beforehand. So I was a little bit in shock, didn't, you know, didn't really believe it for a few days. And then I settled down and realized, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to start marketing. I mean, that's all I hear is you've got to market, you've got to be consistent. So I started doing some direct mail and just pulled broad list. Uh, you know, I wasn't really pulling any niche list at the time. And when I say niche list for anybody who doesn't know, that would mean, you know, like a code violation or a tax delinquent or a probate or pre foreclosure. Those are niche lists versus your just large list, which is just pulling, you know, data from, from the county or a list provider and, and, you know, putting some parameters in there as far as maybe where you would want to be and what city or what age you'd want the person to own the house, things like that. And just started sending out the direct mail and just did it every single month, um, you know, without fail. And then once I was doing the direct mail, you know, I started getting a consistent deal flow uh, coming in. It wasn't a lot, but, you know, two or three a month. Uh, and then after that, I joined that mastermind pretty recently, you know, after I started. And they started talking about other avenues of, of marketing. So, you know, doing uh, pay-per-click or SEO or Facebook or bandit signs, um, cold calling, things like that. And so gradually, um, I just would integrate one more piece of marketing, you know, so it went from direct mail to let's do pay-per-click to let's do Facebook to let's do SEO to now let's do cold calling. So basically the only marketing avenues that W Streets is not in current to date would be bandit signs, billboards, and radio. And it's not to say that I'm not going to do them, but I'm just trying to, you know, put, uh, put each portion on the plate at one time and test it and be able to really get a good six months look at it and see if it's working. But basically it was just when I would get deals, I wouldn't, you know, take a bunch of money out of the business. I was used to making, you know, a small salary every year. So that's all I needed to live off of. So I would just double down, you know, like this is what I want. I'm going to make it happen. So I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. Right. And so I'd throw it all back into marketing and that's, that's how I grew is every time I got paid, I threw it back into marketing and spent a lot of money on education. I'm a true believer in the education. Again, I think you can definitely get there without it. Um, but it's, you know, do you want to take 10 years or, or 10, you know, months to, to figure all of it out? So I, I wanted the, the short term path. So for someone that wants to break into wholesaling, and they're just getting started, what would be the top form of marketing that you would suggest they use? Honestly, right now in our market, just because I see the numbers that, that I'm doing with everything, if I was to start today from scratch, I would definitely still door knock and drive for dollars, and I would probably do cold calling. Um, it's just a very affordable way, and you can get very targeted with it. I mean, if you've got a car and you've got some gas money, I'd, I would drive around and I would look for homes that look like they're in some form of distress. And when I say that, I mean, you know, maybe the two front windows have big cracks in them and the grass is 12 inches tall or there's a tarp, you know, on the roof or there's 10 newspapers stacked up and it doesn't look like they have the money to be traveling to the Caribbean, you know, every six months. So you just want to look for homes that may be in distress 
Uh, tell everyone you know what you're doing. Be excited about it. Word gets out. Post on Facebook. Look on Craigslist. I would do those things because from what I see, uh, and again, I told you, I, I hardly know anything about this. I know just enough to be to be dangerous. But, um, <laughs> you know, with what I'm seeing, the cost of what it's, you know, costing me per deal, that's how I would do it starting out because it's it's unfortunate that people that really want to get in this business sometimes get discouraged too quickly because it does take time when you're spending this marketing money. Um, you know, I just changed marketing list. Uh, January 1st was my new list. And, and I'm not mailing a small amount and we still have not got a deal from this new list. And so you have to test things and you have to, you know, spend some money if you're going to go into certain marketing channels. So by far, I would knock doors, drive for dollars and call these people and write them letters and send them to their address. All right. So let's let's pretend that we're a listener out there who currently is able to get properties on a contract. If you wholesaled 102 properties last year, obviously you must have some kind of knowledge on how you can find buyers. So for people that are struggling, not struggling getting properties, but struggling selling them, how did you find the buyers for these deals? So as far as finding the buyers for the deals, um, you know, I, I did kind of a multitude of things. I uh, traded list with someone here in Dallas, first of all, to, to you know, get it doubled really quickly. Um, in the beginning, though, I put out a lot of what they call ghost ads on Craigslist. And I know investors hate those. But look, I was struggling. I was hustling. I had to make it happen. So I uh, put, put ghost ads. I didn't really have a house, but I was like, when I get a house, you're going to, you know, <laughs> be the first to see it. But, you know, just say, three, two, uh, Mesquite, Texas, you know, 70,000. And, you know, you have a bunch of people that are interested in it. And so I'd put them on the list and tell them, you know, I'm sorry, this property is not available any longer, but I will make sure, you know, the next time, uh, and the same thing, you know, you can do that with Facebook. You can put bandit signs out that will say, you know, three, two, uh, $50,000 all cash. Call me now. And you're going to get a bunch of people calling off of that. So um, really, those ghost type ads get a lot of traction. Uh, not necessarily always they're going to be, you know, big time buyers. You're going to have some tire kickers with anything that we do. Uh, but I did that. I also looked for cash sales, um, you know, on the MLS. And I would um, look at the find the owner on title a few months later. And then I would send them, you know, a letter just saying if they're interested in, in buying discounted properties, could I put them on my list with my contact information? Um, so and really, it, it's grown organically from that. I have a lot of people that, you know, get me on Facebook and message me and say, hey, I want I want to be on your buyers list or their friend sent them, you know, my email and they asked to be on the buyers list. And also I have investor carrot which has, um, you know, a buyer's, uh, a buyer's site to where you can, you know, market for buyers on uh, the Investor Carrot site. I think a lot of people that, you know, know a little bit about this industry are familiar with Investor Carrot, but it's basically kind of a prepackaged website um, that they've already done, you know, a lot of things for you on the background and you just pay a monthly fee. And we probably, to this day, I, I mean, I've not been, I'm not the one answering these emails and I haven't been for about a year, but when I was doing it, we were getting two to three, and I'm pretty sure we're still getting about one to three almost a day now. So, I mean, it's just very organic. We get one to three just from that investor carrot site, not alone, you know, the messages and things like that that I get of people sharing my deals with others and stuff like that. So, I'd say we add about, you know, five a day minimum at this point. 
Yeah, and one of the things that you do is you're very active on the Facebook groups. So you've kind of almost branded yourself. You used your personal Facebook page, and you kind of created it as like a business page. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times you're having like your your assistant send out or or your dispositions person send out properties on the Facebook groups and kind of manage your personal Facebook page um sending out these properties and and that helps you a lot as well in building your list correct oh definitely it definitely does yeah i can't there is no way with the amount of time during the day that i could respond to everyone on facebook with you know all the questions i get asked or about the property so yes i have um i had an assistant one time do it and now i have my dispositions you know if there's a property on facebook and you're asking questions you're not talking to me now on my personal page that's me um, and you know, what, what's funny about all of this is I hear that all the time, like you've got such a great brand and I never went into it trying to have a brand or trying to, you know, like my character for my logo, which, you know, is me in a cartoon like <laughs> look, I just, I, I wanted to be different. And a lot of the, you know, logos I saw were, I mean, you know, they're like rooftops and then the name of the company. And I'm like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I've always colored outside of the lines. Um, for one, you know, I'm, I'm a girl, so I wanted to have something with a little flair, not just a house roof. And <laughs> not that anybody with house roof logos are bad. They're awesome guys but uh, and girls. Um, I just wanted something different. And I guess it's kind of stood out because there's, you know, not, not a lot that looked like that. I never knew of anything that looked like that in our industry, especially not in Texas. Um, I didn't go searching everywhere for it. Um, and I didn't even have Facebook until I'd say three or four, three and a half years ago. Um, so really, I just kind of got a Facebook page, didn't really plan on doing anything with it, didn't really use it. And when I got my business is when, you know, people were like, you've got to get a Facebook page. So I had somebody come in that I guess somehow knew how to backdate a few posts. So it looked like I'd, you know, been on there maybe a year longer than I had. Because honestly, I mean, I'm a small country girl, you know, I'm I love just a bunch of land, small town, everybody treating each other well and being kind and supportive. And like, I just, I can't stand drama. I can't stand hateful things. And there's a lot of that on Facebook. And so that's really the honest reason why I was never into social media. It was never my gig, but now I do see the value in it. I've got to meet some amazing people, um, you know, all over, uh, investors and just people alike. And so I do really enjoy it now, but, um, yeah, it's done a lot for me. I want to share a story real quick. I, you know, we'll kind of change subjects a little bit, but uh, I'm going to embarrass Jamie a little bit. I, I mentioned earlier in the interview that I think she's one of the nicest people in real estate investing. And, and you, you helped out my company recently, and it was probably one of the most kind things that anybody's ever done for me in a, a professional atmosphere. Um, we had a property under contract and it was, it was just land. It was like three acres of land and it was a really good deal. Um, it was a smoking deal, but it was not something that, you know, titanium investments has ever done before. Um, we had not done marketing to try to recruit, um, those types of buyers. And, uh, I reached out to Jamie um, and, and I was just kind of frustrated one night and I, you know, I was like, Hey, we've got this deal and I think it's a good deal. Um, you know, I'm looking at the numbers, you know, and we, we kind of went over the numbers together and, and she just offered, she said, Hey, why don't I send this out to my buyers? And, and I'm thinking this is like, 
wholesaler to wholesaler, this is a typical conversation where it's like, we're going to co-wholesale this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not able to sell it right now. So why not? So she sends the deal out. I see it about an hour after I sent it to her. It gets blasted out. About 30 minutes after she sends it out, she calls me and she says, okay, it's sold. Send a contract to this, you know, this buyer. Here's the buyer's contact information and here's the, uh, um, the email to send it to, and we draft up the contract, get it sent off. And, and later on, you know, Jamie and I are talking and, and she says, she just mentioned, she says, I don't want anything for that. And, and I, I really don't know how else to put it into words other than that was just an amazing, uh, kind thing to do. And that's the kind of person you are. Um, you know, in this world, it, it's very easy to, uh, you know, something to happen and maybe get a negative uh, remark or something said about you on Facebook or social media, but in real life and what really happens, um, that was an amazing thing that you did for me and for my company. And I, I can't, I, I would just want to take the opportunity on this platform to say thank you from everyone at the company. Well, thanks so much. I, I honestly appreciate that. I mean, it, I meant nothing of it, but just because, you know, you're you're a good guy and I've asked you questions before. I mean, that's the way it should be. Again, I think that's that small town, you know, like you're supposed to give helping hands. And I understand that you nor I could not sell everybody's properties for them that came to us for free. We, we wouldn't be able right. to have a business. But, you know, when, when someone lends their hand to you in any form, whether it's a, a, you know, a small one or a big one, it doesn't matter. You should give yours back. And so you have helped me and answered questions along the way when I had them and met with me when I was, you know, super new into this business. You had no problem. You had lunch with me. So that's just the way, you know, that's the way I want to live. And those are the people that I surround myself in, in this business. And it goes to show though, that it's so important, you know, to do that. I think that the abundance mentality goes so much further than this cutthroat mentality. It unfortunately, is somewhat a shadow in the real estate investing business. Everybody's, mm -hmm. you know, like worried that the next person is going to find out what they're doing or going to take from them. And, you know, uh, you know, one of my mentors put it in a great way that really, because I'm very visual, is like, you know, think of Dallas, Fort Worth or Texas or whatever market, you know, you're in that you guys are listening to as an ocean and, you know, you've got a bucket and you're taking your bucket to that ocean. Like, don't think of it as, you know, as, as a cutthroat type of don't tell anybody anything. I don't want to help anybody out and keep everything to myself because I have seen the difference. I know someone that is like that and I know people that aren't. And I'm telling you, it is better to be abundant and giving in all aspects of life. You know, I'm definitely big in my faith and my Christianity and I think it just goes hand in hand. I think you're blessed in your business and your family life and your social life if you do the right thing. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was all that was. But you made me blush. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I will you know, I'm going to brag on our our investing community here in DFW for a little bit. Um, I see a ton of established investors kind of at the same level like you and I are. We're, we're on pretty similar levels as far as our business goes and we do have that mindset where it's reach out and help people and I, I think part of it is is because we can still remember when it was like that first deal you know that first deal was like life-changing definitely and and we want other people to experience that I I don't want I say it all the time to people where it's like I don't want to get to the finish line and be the only guy 
Like, it, that just doesn't seem fun to me. That's to no like, fun. <laughs> right. I don't want to get there and be like, I won, and there's nobody to celebrate with. Like, mm-hmm. I want this to happen for everybody and create generational wealth alongside. I want your family to succeed just as much as mine, and, and we learn how to do that together. Um, yeah, and be happy for that person. Like, right. you know, when, when you, you we were on the phone I, a few months back, and you're telling me about this, you know, huge deal that you got with, I don't know, 76, 97 homes, whatever it was. <laughs> and I was freaking floored for you almost as much as I'd be for myself. I'm like, that's so freaking awesome. Like, I shared in your joy, although it wasn't my joy, I got to share in a piece of that joy for you. And it, it still felt amazing. And it's, it's nice to hear that and to know that those things are possible and feasible and that, you know, you're just a a great, awesome guy. And and if I, you know, stick with people like that and learn those few things that I don't know, you know, hopefully I can get to that same point where I want to be as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's so awesome when you get to experience others joy and you truly are happy and joyful for them like i know why your reasonings behind what you do are and so Mm -hmm. to to see you successful makes me so happy and and i do think there are many you know i'll shout out to a couple that have just been just because but jawad uh deshanti um austin good mark fuller you um have been huge in influences you know for me in the dallas fort worth market and all of those people have crazy big businesses you know and are doing amazing things and took the time to like help me and still to this day if i call they're there to answer me and that's a big deal it is and if you're not experiencing that in your market start creating that culture like it starts with one person and and you'll you'll see that your business will grow exponentially because of it You'll have people out there. I, I mean, imagine if the first time you and I had talked, I, I remember you were you were far too humble. You you were like, I've only done like 30 deals and I don't really know what I'm doing. And I was like, dude, you're a badass. Like you've done 30 deals. And <laughs> I, I, I remember having the conversation. I was like, I, I when I was walking outside, I was like, yeah, I've got to talk to this newer wholesaler. She doesn't really know what she's doing. And then I got on the phone with you and I'm like, you've done 30 deals. Like, you know what you're doing, you know? And, uh, but imagine if I kind of blown you off. Right. All yeah. Of the things that have happened since then would have never happened. And so if you're not experiencing that in your market or you're not making those kind of connections, you're missing out on something that is, is vital for your business. Yeah. Marketing is important. Finding buyers if you're going to wholesale and finding contractors, if you're going to rehab, those are all important, but it's also important to network with people. You never know what you're going to need until you already need it. And at that point in time, it's too late. You know, if I find a need in my business and I'm like, Oh, Jamie can help me or Oh, Austin can help me or Oh, Jawad can help me. I already know those people. And it's not like I'm begging you to help me. And I've never, we help each other out. It's a reciprocal Mm -hmm. thing. And that's what allows all of our businesses to grow together. I'm not saying everybody has to go out and be partners, but be a resource for each other. And that can help not only your business and yourself, but it helps your market and it helps that real estate investing community. I think that is vitally important for all of us to do as investors. And, and one of the ways that I give back is this podcast and, and seeing guests come on and take their time to share their stories. I mean, that, there's nothing better than that. So 
It's Anyways, huge. Nor- and and yeah. real estate, though, it can be lonely. I mean, you know, I would sit and talk about real estate literally all day long from morning till evening and never get tired of it. I'm that ridiculous about it. But my family, <laughs> my dad, I've kind of got him on board. He's he's getting pretty He's a, uh, he likes it a lot too, but we'll be at a, you know, family function and me and my dad are in the corner, like talking real estate. And I definitely still spend time with all the family. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to find a lot of your family and friends that want to sit at lunch and talk about real estate the entire time. And if you don't have right. a partner, and even if you have a partner, eventually you're going to need to take a breath and get away for that partner, you know, for a couple hours at some points. And so it's nice to have others that are doing the same thing. They understand when you're complaining about, oh my gosh, this title issue is such a problem. Like nobody else would care about that. What? I do not care about your title issues, you know, like, so it, it does get lonely. And, and just one thing I want to point out, I was thinking about this this morning when I was like, well, I've got thinking about my day and what I'm doing. I've got RJ's podcast at two. And I know that I went and uh, reviewed your podcast. I don't know, months and months back, but I was like, you know what? I don't know that I went to all the places. So this morning I literally, I went back, I went to Stitcher and iTunes and I think one other place, all the places I could find on Google to review your your podcast. But the reason I want to say that is everybody listening to this know that RJ doesn't do this. There is no back end why he's doing a podcast. Uh, Coaching groups are great. I paid for one. I got so much knowledge from it. But a lot of people that are doing these podcasts are very vague. They're very broad. And the reason is because they want to get you in the coaching program. Not to say they don't want you to be successful once they get you in. They're not just trying to take your money, at least most of them that I know are not. But RJ's not creating this podcast to try to get you to buy some $99 package (laughs) at, at the end of it. Like He is taking his time out of his day, which is busy, to give back because he feels in his heart that's something he wants to do is help others be successful. So if you're on here now or you've listened to any other ones in the past and loved them, take literally, you're, you're spending hours listening to his podcast. You're a whole hour and you're listening to his podcast. Take two minutes and just go on one side. It doesn't have to be all of them. And just, you know, give him a shout out, give him a review because when, when people like RJ do this, I know other mentors that I have that have podcasts, Sometimes they feel like nobody's listening. You know, it's been like two weeks and no reviews. Well, really, there's thousands of people listening to these podcasts, but we forget that, you know, they don't know that unless we give them a review. So take two minutes, honestly, and just, you know, give him whatever star you think. I'm not telling you which one to give him, but rate his podcast, say something about it. Yeah, five star for sure. Five star. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I mean, seriously, think about that. Like he does take so much time. You can take two minutes out of all of the value that you're getting out of this podcast to just make sure that he knows that what he's doing and the time that he's spending is is not just going over the the air and, uh, you know, and and out in space. Like people are actually getting something from it and being encouraged and, and being educated from it. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate that. And and it does, it means the world to me when somebody sends me a message and says, man, I had a message and they said, dude, I just listened to Corey Peterson's interview and that was amazing. Like he dropped a ton of knowledge and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, that interview with Corey Peterson was a roller coaster for me as the host because I was sitting there. <laughs> And I'm like, where's my pen and paper? Like, I, I need to be it. writing this down. It's like a coaching program for me. I know I'm supposed to be the host, but I'm learning. And uh, so it, it does mean the world to me when people leave those reviews. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, so typically at this point in time in the interview, I ask people what their why is. But you gave us that at the beginning. So I'm going to ask you another question that I think is 
I, I think it's important to touch on because it is rare for a woman to be an investor um, and, and not have any pseudo partners with her. Um, I, I know that because I'm always trying to recruit guests for the podcast and the vast majority of them are, are men. And it is kind of difficult for me to find women to be guests. And I'm not saying they're not out there. They are. But it's the vast majority of real estate investors are men that are socially active on social media and things like that. So for you as a woman, what is that like? And and kind of talked, I guess, talk to the audience about what it is like to be a woman, solo entrepreneur and real estate investor. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, it can be different. I honestly never looked at it as as anything. I mean, even from day one and, and now I don't, but I get asked about it a lot and, and from women especially too. And so I do know that apparently it is a pretty, you know, it's it's something people at least crosses their mind or they think about. Um, you know, when I'm at any of these events or anything like that, I mean, there's usually, you know, only maybe one or two other women in the room. A lot of times they're wives of the husbands that are really running the business. I've definitely in my mastermind, there was um, uh, two sisters, Kate and Beth Hall. They're awesome. They have their own business. But really, I don't know anyone in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. And again, I don't know a lot of people. I kind of keep to myself and keep the people <laughs> I, I like in my inner circle. But I don't know of a lot of just women, you know, on their own with their own business, doing a lot of wholesaling and renovating, um, you know, in my area, at least it, it is to me, it's really open doors. I think sometimes because people are curious or like, who is this girl coming in, you know, with all of us who've been around for a while, know what we're doing. And, and she's, she's kind of got a name for herself. She's doing some deals. And so it opens some doors for people that may not have taken time if it was just another guy because there's so many of them. I, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like sometimes maybe it opens just because people are curious. I get a lot of opportunities to encourage women because they ask me, you know, I've been thinking about this for so long, but you know, I just know there's so many men in this industry and it would, you know, and I'm, I'm a mom and, you know, I've, I've got to take so-and-so to soccer practice after school. And <laughs> I get to cut that with a knife real quick because I'm all of those things too. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, right. I'm a sister. You know, um, you can still have a very successful real estate business and be a, a female in this industry. And, you know, I've never let it stop me. I definitely got a tomboy side to me. I mean, I love sports. I honestly feel more comfortable talking to a guy anyways uh, when girls are talking about purses and shoes and so-and-so said this yesterday and I'm like, I don't care what so-and-so said. Let's talk about some good things, you know, like, so I really feel like I'm more comfortable around guys in the first place. And so it really has never hindered me at all. But I do know that it is something that gets brought up uh, as far as asked to me, you know, how it works. And a lot of women are curious, but I've, I've never let it be anything that I've even really thought about until I get asked about it. And then it makes you kind of start turning your wheels. But, you know, I think, I think as a acquisitions, when I was still going to these properties, I feel like people had their guard down a little more because, you know, I, I was a woman. I think being a woman, we're, we're naturally, um, you know, more nurturing, more of the caretaker type. And I think that, you know, the homeowners can sense that, but, you know, we're not just there to make a deal. I mean, you know, I, I do this to make a living. Yes, but I truly care about these homeowners and I really want them to get out of their situation that they're in and move forward in life. And 
that I can be a small piece in that is super cool. And, you know, that I get to make a living off of it, too, and make homes beautiful that were not. So now someone new can come in and make memories like it's very fulfilling. It is very, very fulfilling. Well, and I think what you said there, I don't know if you directly meant to say it, but what I've kind of gotten over the entire interview has been you took what could have been an excuse. Your right. mom, your wife. You have to take the kids to school or soccer practice or whatever it is. Those could have been excuses to not get, not achieve the kind of success that you want. You know, you could have sat there and said, well, you know, my business could be doing a hundred deals this year, but I can't because I have to take, you know, so-and-so to soccer and all this. Uh But instead you turned it around and you, you turned it into a positive and, you branded yourself, like you said, with your logo. You've got your little caricature of you. And, um, you know, like you said, homeowners, naturally, you're the empathetic one. I know this because I have a partner who's a, a female. We yes. walk into the house. I'm like the cranky, big bearded guy. You know? <laughs> I, they don't think I'm there to help. They think I'm there to steal their house, you know, and Cassie starts talking and they're like, they love her. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so I've seen that firsthand. And so, you know, it, it's kudos to you for like taking something that you could have used it as an excuse, but instead you've turned it into a positive for your business. So one of the last question that I want to ask you today is, is where do you want Jamie Woolley to be in five years from now? Yeah. So uh, in five years from now, I, I would definitely like to have what I call financial freedom. Everybody's got their own definition, but for me, that means that, you know, my money is working for me and that I have money coming in no matter what on a monthly basis. And I can choose to work if I wanted to or not. Um, and that number, it changes, you know, almost every couple months, but I'd like it to be $250,000 coming in, uh, you know, residually. And I still want to have my company, you know, doing what it's doing. I've, I've got someone right now that's training, uh, as my, you know, COO to run everything, My goal is that in 2019, she's running it all, and I go to the office on Tuesdays. We have our meeting, and then I just kind of keep working on the business for the next three or four years. And by that five-year mark, which I'd like it to be a little bit sooner, but I really want to to give back. I want to, you know, I've, I've always felt a calling to, like, you know, be helpful and to do something, but never really knew what that was. And I've had, you know, a crazy past and all kinds of things, so I didn't really feel like it was in the church doing something, but yet still giving praise and glory to God, but yet encouraging. And so I feel like if I can get that financial freedom, if I can get it quickly in a smaller amount of time than most people, I know there's people that have done it better, faster, et cetera. But if I can have that good kind of fairy tale ending story, I want to kind of explain my story from A to Z and use that as encouragement because there's a lot of things that have intertwined uh, in the years of my life. And so it kind of will cap off there and maybe a book, not necessarily about real estate, but just encouraging people, women, you know, anybody that, you know, has gone through anything uh, in their life that could maybe relate to some things that I went through previously. Um, just giving back, honestly, like what, how cool is it if you're like your bills are being paid and all you have to do is chill out and go help people like be better, be better and do more and, and exceed you know, some expectations they ever thought they could and, and achieve some dreams. So I don't know like that. That's just me though. I mean, people might 
I don't know. That, that's what I want to do. Like, that's my dream. That would be a dream come true for me. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to work work my butt off to get there. You'll probably be there by next year. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can, as fast as I can. So for the people that are listening, if they want to reach out and contact you, what's the best way they can reach you? Yeah, so you can go to uh, my Facebook page, which is Jamie Burleson Woolley. And you can also email me at Jamie at the wholesaling chick, C-H-I-C-K dot com. Um, if you do go on Facebook, if you don't mind, just in Messenger, you know, I honestly, I'm sure a lot of people do, but I get probably 100, 150 friend requests a day. And so I don't ever know. It's hard to go into each person's profile and see who they are and what they are got going. And so it's hard for me to just, I don't want to just add anybody because I'm almost to the capped level here. So if you'll just message me and just say, hey, I heard you on RJ's podcast. I'd love to, you know, love to follow you or see what you're doing, whatever. That way I know and I'll go ahead and get you added. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you for sitting down with us for the second time and uh this time it recorded so we should we should actually get Yay! this one out there and awesome. uh, i i'm gonna be able to uh, see how many people listen to it and i expect that many five-star ratings uh exactly uh, yes yes for sure yeah. everybody now if it, yeah if not i'm gonna send jamie after you since it, she's the one that demanded it so. yes 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 well thanks so much for having me rj i appreciate uh, appreciate it very much and uh i hope that you get a lot of reviews <laughs> all right jamie talk to you soon all right have a good day bye-bye bye Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.